This is the hot button number 67, 13 weeks to Oscar, exclamation point. Honestly, I cannot believe we still have another 13 weeks to go till Oscar. What happens will happen, and God bless everyone, but three months? Are you kidding? How could the Academy ever think that this was a good idea? Here are the top 10 series, I won't be as cruel as to print the movies list, on Netflix three months ago. Money Heist, Lucifer, Sex Education, Clickbait, Squid Game, you know Squid Game, Good Girls, Turning Point, 9-11 and the War on Terror, The Good Doctor, Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha, and Riverdale. Are you tuning in for the award shows for these shows? Yeah, the comparison could be a little bit specious, but nothing competing on Oscar night will be fresher than three months old, and really four months old, as the awards films were all rolling out for Oscar voters in early December. Why isn't anyone in the media saying this out loud? Because they want to keep gashing in, and who can blame them? They didn't set the rules. I actually think Spider-Man No Way Home can get a Best Picture nomination in what is a very weak season. And when I say weak, I don't mean that Pig is not worthy. I mean that we all know that Pig, like many other beloved niche movies, isn't getting anywhere close to Best Picture. I mean that we have a firm 10 slots again, and that means the last few slots are more available. History lesson. In the first two years of the expansion past five Best Picture nominees, we saw nominations for Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, Up, Inception, and Toy Story 3. Then the accounting craziness landed, and since then we've only seen nine nominees six times and eight nominees four times. Never 10 again. This year, we're back at 10, the door is wide open, on that basis alone. The media loves the idea of goading Sony into dumping another $20 million plus into awards marketing that normally would not have been spent. And of course, it is wasted money. Actual media stories will do more than advertising the film than this film for Best Picture. This is a hearts and minds situation, not a bludgeon them with ads situation. It's also not a dangle Tom Holland as Oscar host bait situation. It's Tom and Zendaya paired. That's the pitch, by the way. But hey, not my money, not my Holland. Meanwhile, most of the guessers of awards are stuck back in late October, clinging to their personal favorites. Not to put down Coda, but if you can find 20 actual awards voters who have mentioned the film unsolicited in the last 45 days, I'll buy you a steak dinner. I love Dune, but it's extremely borderline in terms of Oscar, as Spidey swung right past it in its entire domestic gross before their first day of the- in the theaters was over. Movies like The French Dispatch, Come On, Come On, Spencer are no less likely to get nominated today than our memory of King Richard from back in October or the still widely unviewed Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. Your top Best Picture titles in alphabetical order, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, should be just fine through this month. Some would argue that two of these four could actually get left out, but I don't see that happening. If I did, I would have to say that there are only two locks at this point, but I think there are four. After that, it's a dogfight between maybe 12 movies, including Spider-Man, vying for six spots. And because the Academy seems to be unable to stop self-harming, nomination voting stops on February 1st. Then they pause a full week after making the whole process electronic, meaning they could easily announce on February 3rd if they wish. Instead, we'll go February 8th. Then, after eliminating the movies that might have slid into one of those last six slots, if we just had a little more time, we all get to wait 45 days, 37 from the announcement of nominations, until final voting begins. Is there any rational reason to vote in January and then wait 37 days to vote for the winners? The spread from the nomination announcements to the finals voting was 21 days, the last time there was a normal Oscars. And even that really is too long. Marketing is complicated, but I know of no successful marketing effort that was made of selling a product in fits and starts. 
Um, dear Oscar viewer, please pay attention to our release of our film in October, November, December, then again in January, and then again at the end of March. Oh, wait, wait a minute. That strategy is how we're destroying theatrical and we'll soon see the crash of premium VOD. More of that, please. What we have experienced in the last few weeks has actually been the most encouraging thing about the season so far. Bill Condon coined it the great settling. Voters are actually watching movies and deciding how they feel, regardless of ads or parties that we're no longer having. We have no way of knowing what it, if what it feels like and what it seems to be happening will be sticky or not. But some of it seems very real. For instance, The Lost Daughter. Quality movie, made for adults. Maggie Gyllenhaal is a great story and seems to be on the road to being a great director. Olivia Colman is the import Merrill these days. Could be an illusion, but I haven't found a voter or an older person in general who hasn't been impressed with the work when they've seen it. And because it's on Netflix, word of mouth is wider than just Oscar season. This helps a lot. Tell someone you need to see The Tragedy of Macbeth or you'd love Red Rocket. And unless they have an Oscar account, they have to go to a theater if they can find one with a film. And I'll make note here, if you're in L.A., Macbeth is at all the AMCs, so don't be lazy and strap on your mask. Red Rocket, on the other hand, it's in some theaters, but it is harder to find, sadly. Brings up another point, the box office. Looking at the 23 titles that are currently being pushed for Best Picture, weight ranging from West Side Story to, say, Drive My Car, there are only six titles currently with grosses over $10 million domestic that are in contention. In order of their grosses, Spider-Man No Way Home, Dune, House of Gucci, West Side Story, The French Dispatch, and King Richard. Yes, that was $10 million. That's what I said. Not $50 million, not $25 million, $10 million domestic. While all six of these titles could be nominated, only one would be considered a lock right now. And that is in no small part because the master of the universe, Stephen the Great, made the film. Not to mention that the material already won Best Picture once before. There are nine contending titles that have not reported a single dollar at the domestic box office. Netflix obviously dominates this category with four titles, but Apple and Amazon and even legacy distributors like Sony Classics, United Artists, and A24 have taken on this strategy. There are eight titles that have been reporting box office like normal, but have had limited expansion. Widely touted as likely nominees are Belfast, Licorice Pizza, and Nightmare Alley in this category. Then you have the two A24 titles, Come On, Come On, and Red Rocket, Neon Spencer, Sony Classics, Parallel Mothers, and Drive My Car, which is being released by the Great Catalog Company and parent to the Criterion Collection, Janus Films. One could write off the disparate nature of these three different groups of releasing as a strategic choice made by each distributor, but not really. Netflix has a huge awards marketing advantage in offering the widest access to their films amongst all the titles and no box office profile. This works to the advantage of both their best films and their worst. But it's not just that. As I noted in passing earlier, does the $107 million domestic gross of Dune work for or against that title? I have no doubt that the number could have been doubled by an exclusive theatrical release, so that's on Warner's. But the title is now floating out there between Spidey's $600 million plus and House of Gucci's $50 million or so. So is it a hit? I mean, those, that's where it fits in this group of films. Really? Yeah, it kind of is, in spite of its distribution. But that is a fine piece of analysis. And how does it play with voters who aren't really crunching grosses? Plus, Warner's isn't going to go out and play the we got screwed by this distribution nonsense and we're a much bigger hit than we seem Maybe we got beat out by Jungle Cruise and Venom 2, let there not be Oscars. We all know that Denis Villeneuve wants to be screaming this, but he's still trying to settle out his desire to get funding for two more films out of Warner's. Spencer has, so far, done a little bit more than Belfast. 
But it's kind of gauche to talk about money when it comes to art films, no? Of course, is Belfast an art film? Yeah, at least a very personal film. Brana and Lorraine don't really live in the same neighborhood, but it's kind of icky to make that argument. Can the kid in Come On, Come On, Woody Norman, really compete for supporting actor with an under $2 million in the tank for his film? Can they really run Red Rockets? They can't really run Red Rockets, Simon Rex, in supporting, or he'd likely get nominated as a newcomer. So could he really make a run at lead actor with less than half a million dollars in the bank? And if you can't get Simon Rex going, how do you squeeze Susanna Sohn in for supporting actress? See, it's not the number of the gross, really. But if these two A24 films were on Netflix for the last month, even without the extra muscle of Netflix's award team pushing along, these actors, and probably the films themselves, would probably be serious contenders. Because voters and voters' kids and voters' friends would have watched the films. There would have been an audience. There would have been a, a, a shared voice about this product. But now there's not, because the only place to see them is in a movie theater or on your Academy screener. That's what's insidious about the Academy not putting any real guardrails between streaming first or exclusive streaming and theatrical. Some very smart people have made the argument that the Academy should not be in the business of protecting theatrical from its own demise. And if you're living on a cloud, perhaps a cartoon-like visible fart, that is an interesting philosophical argument. But the reality is, down here on Earth, where the rest of us live, that there's a massive imbalance that's been created by inaction by the Academy. It's not Netflix's fault. Not something streamers need to be penalized for, but it's 100% real. Worse, it'll only change if distributors like A24 and Neon, who want to make ambitious films that compete in the awards marketplace because it offers opportunity, give in to the everything is streaming madness. That is, unless the Academy acts. Need I remind you that A24 and Neon both won Best Picture in the last two of the five Oscar seasons? They aren't making less good movies this year but neither is likely to get a Best Picture nomination. And Kristen Stewart is likely to be the only acting nominee to come from either company. And God knows I'd love to be wrong about this. But it's not just coincidence. The rules have changed dramatically because the Academy has been too scared of pissing off all the streaming money to make changes at all. As I've said before, simply change the qualifying rules to more strict and complicated theatrical relief qualifying and require the grosses re-reported. The streamers will adjust. It won't hurt them, aside from taking away this gross advantage. Frankly, if Netflix released their awards movies, like has been the norm for a very long time, Roma and The Irishman and Marriage Story and Mank and The Trial of the Chicago 7 would all still get nominated. And even better for Netflix, the 10 to 20% of Oscar voters who won't vote for Netflix films in the finals because they feel like Netflix is trying to backdoor a win will fade away. And Netflix may actually win the damn thing. But I guess we have three more months of avoiding that conversation to come. Until tomorrow.